want to have us. And uh, I think people prefer my wife speaking, but uh, anyway, we won't do that. But uh, feel free to be situated so you can see the PowerPoint. I'm not Jewish. I don't wander. So um, it's, uh, it is good to be here. My children are very envious that we're here. And uh, as a compliment to Lake Howell, the, the times that we visited with the children uh, over the years, they would always say, uh, why can't our assembly be like Lake Howell? So they, they always have loved their time. That's probably because as missionary kids, they get treated better than they would back at home. But uh, we, won't, we won't speak about their parents uh, too much about that. But um, we find ourselves uh, in a little bit of an interesting situation in that uh, here stateside, it's Ethnos 360. However, we work for NTM, and uh, because in the UK, uh, the organization hasn't changed the name there, so we, we identify with that. However, you can see the icon, we're also at Northcotes College, which is there for uh, European Union and Great Britain. And uh, so our uh, responsibilities there, let's see if it goes on here, uh, there's uh, Tim and Joanne, good-looking young couple there, and... Uh, <clears throat> Use uh, prayer cards in the back and little little cards, contact details. Uh, we uh, would appreciate hearing from anyone. But uh, we thought we'd uh, first give you just a little bit of a report. So much. You pray for us faithfully. You give to us faithfully. Hearts and over uh, the good times, the bad times, uh, we've always known that you guys stood with us. And um, there will be everlasting. Uh, we what are a few things we could say? Well, we're missionaries, we're trainers, we're disciplers. We're, I, I'm a bit of a conference speaker. We're parents. And of course, overall, as we'd all say, we're, we're dependent on the Lord. And uh, it's been our privilege to serve uh, at Northcoats College for 23 years this coming uh, July. And uh, we have a 43-acre campus and just thought we would uh, give you uh, a little bit of a uh, picture here. Uh, these are the three main dormitories. As you come in the gate here, you would come down this road. It was a military base uh, during the, the days of the Cold War, but actually World War II and then World War I. So it was actually the defense against the Zeppelins that the Luftwaffe would send over in World War I. They would try and uh, shoot them down. Uh, this, uh, this here is the, is the training block uh, where we teach. Uh, and, and again, you kind of get some kind of an idea, but it's a pretty big site. It moves around a little bit. Uh, you can see we used to actually have which are unused uh, and haven't been in use for many years. There actually used to be people that sat, well, actually right here uh, by the road here. If you go down this road, that goes to where the house is. We have the privilege of living uh, in the village proper, uh, but right on the to the college. So we got permission about 22 years ago to cut a hole in the fence. And uh, so I, I literally walk about 45 seconds to my office to the training block where the classrooms are, and Joanne and I uh, do that. But this is kind of a, another little picture of the dormitories. This would be the single dormitory. This is for married couples, these two here. And uh, of course, we can kind of fit them out uh, for however many children they have. You can kind of uh, move the rooms, not, not move the rooms around, but you can set them up because there's dividers in there so that they have their own spaces, uh, which is, as you would imagine, is really good for families. This is the, 
the laundry down here. Uh, publications department for uh, NTM. Uh, so even though the college is the biggest part of the 43 acres, there are some other parts of the British Missionary Organization, like the Publications Department. Joanne's good friend uh, works for Publications, and they walk every morning, I, just so I don't forget. So we live back up in here. So the road kind of goes along in the fence line, and, and, and we live back up in here. That would be where our house is. So you can just imagine, I just every morning, we can just walk right in here to the classroom block. And it's really nice. We have a little nursery uh, for the children. It's a government-approved hall. And the last dormitory is back in the back there, plus a gymnasium and two football pitches. Now, football being soccer, uh, you know, and, of course, again, every once in a while, you know, a, a, a boxing match, sorry, rugby breaks out, and something else happens. And even occasionally, we had a German student a number of years ago that is crazy about uh, American football. And so he even taught some of the Brits uh, how to play American football. But we have a lovely site. God's been really, really good to us, and it's, uh, it's, it's been really a super blessing to have that there. I just thought I'd say a little bit about what I do. And, and so my primary function is a Bible teacher. And so I generally teach about two hours a day. And uh, we're our training, uh, the EBI, the, the Ethnos Bible Institute in Waukesha, they get off easy, so they, they have like three classes a day. Uh, we have four to five classes a day. It's a bit intense, but our, our students are generally a bit older and more mature, already have professional degrees a lot of times. Now, yes, we do get young students uh, that come through. Generally, the older, more mature students tend to bring the younger ones up. Uh, we have a good time. Uh, I'm a Bible college leader. Uh, we have the three courses there at, that are our missionary training program, MTC in Ethnos, we call it, uh, Bible College, Missions, uh, Missions Institute, and uh, the Language and Linguistics, our Advanced Language. Uh, student Care Leader, that would be some of Joanne and I's main responsibility. I speak at conferences. One of the ways that we've tried to develop interest in mission, to develop interest in uh, what what we're doing as a missionary organization, and you guys would know one way would be Truth for Youth. We've been for the last mm, one almost 20, not quite 20 years, maybe 16, 17 years working with Truth for Youth. And uh, Truth for Youth is a, a youth group for, uh, let's say, 14 to 30-year-olds, uh, and we bring in speakers even from the states, creation speakers, uh, eschatology, the evangelism, you've met my good friend has been here a few times with you, Alan Campbell. He's, a, he's an evangelist. He's a, he's a bit of a crazy guy. But, uh, and uh, you've met, actually, I think some of the folks from our assembly have been here with you in years gone by, too. But uh, Alan is a good guy. He's uh, one of the ones that's challenged uh, our Julia. Julia's my little evangelist, my baby girl, who's going to be 23 here uh, soon. But truth for youth. It is is a, been a big influx into the mission. And then, of course, we're involved in our local assembly. Uh, it's, uh, assembly life is something funny to talk about in the, in the UK. I can remember Carol Wood, for those of you that know, I think he was trying to explain to me there are a bit of differences between assemblies in the UK 
and um, and here in the U.S., which was I was uh, more uh, understanding of having come to Lake Howe here. Joanne and I did, but I I didn't get it until I got I didn't get it for many years, I think. But uh, we do love the folks there at Springfield Gospel Hall. Uh, it's mostly an aging uh, couple, but when the college is on, we tend to get a lot of young students, which really changes the dynamic of that. And of course, Joanne and I are both very much involved there. Just uh, I'm just going to tick through here. This is me just teaching uh, recently in the second year. Uh, no one's willing to teach the parent-child course anymore for obvious reasons. And uh, so I, I'm the guy, believe it or not, with grown children that aren't sadomasochistic murderers. And so uh, let's attempt that. So, uh, but I, I do enjoy it. Uh, I get to teach uh, in the second year the missions course with children. And then I tend to teach things like the Pentateuch, I teach Daniel, Corinthians, uh, get to teach a lot of books of the Bible. We have a wonderful classroom, if you can see it there. I think even some lecture halls and universities would, would be quite impressed with how we're set up there. Everyone remembers COVID, right? Well, this was the classroom during COVID. And uh, I have to say, as a teacher who likes to be face-to-face -face with students and engaging, this wasn't very much fun. Uh, but it was a lot of fruit. And Students, because they had nowhere to go, uh, enjoyed it. And uh, actually, generally, the feedback was, thank you for doing it. You know, we found a way to carry on with the college. Here's a, here's a Truth for Youth from last year. And I often get to, to, to do something there to speak, even though I'm also an organizer. I'd kind of like to listen to the speakers, but they, they still kind of insist that I uh, speak every year. Here's church. Uh, this is Springfield Gospel Hall. This was our Christmas function uh, that we put on. And so uh, we get to be involved in that. I'm also on a board. Uh, it's called the Prophetic Movement International. It's the oldest uh, dispensational uh, group in all of the United Kingdom. And so I, I get to work with guys like Arnold Fruchtenbaum and other guys that really know their eschatology. And I get to speak at conferences. Last year I was one of the main speakers, and I, I just really enjoy that. I enjoy eschatology, and I teach that at the Bible College, but I also uh, get around and do that in the country at times, too. Speak at missions conferences. That's uh, me over on the right-hand side at the Make a Difference uh, conference. And uh, there's uh, about my wife. So she's college admin. Uh, she does a lot. Uh, they say reception, uh, the welcome desk, whatever you want. She's my secretary. I would be nothing without her. Uh, she keeps me completely organized and pushes me along when I'm meant to be somewhere else. We do fellowship groups. Uh, we have a way at the college that we try over the three years to get to know students. So in the first year, we meet in small groups. And uh, we feel in small groups, people respond better. They're not threatened. Uh, as, and you get to know them. And then in the second year, in the missions course, uh, it's more easy for them. They know the staff. It's to talk one, one maybe to talk about difficult things or be willing to open up and uh, so that by the time they're in the third year they're professional at talking about anything and uh, she also leads uh, some ladies uh, bible studies and she works of course with the young ladies uh, at the college too as a as a as a caregiver uh, over various times also she's hugely involved with truth for youth i mean and has this network of young women, young families. Uh, when we started out years ago, these were, were awkward young men and 
young ladies and all this, and now married with three or four children. And uh, so Joanne is a huge support for that, and of course, an expert family organizer. And our children uh, would certainly see just a few pictures of Joanne in the office and uh, the librarian. Joanne keeps the library up. She, uh, she knows all about books and the Dewey Decimal System. And, and I know years ago, Marilyn uh, used to do that here. And here's some of the young ladies. Uh, uh, this young lady on the right out in Indonesia uh, at this very moment. And actually, her and her husband are, are going to be sharing at our conference uh, coming up here. Uh, very soon in Northcoats, and Joanne gets to work with young ladies, talk to them, befriend them, and of course you have to go out to the fish and chips shop, which is the picture on the left, and here's a young Italian lady. We've actually, her the, the third person from that family is uh, there now. Of course, I look in this too. There's Truth For Youth, uh, fruit in this, uh, this picture with Joanne too. And of course, you, you can't be a lady in the United Kingdom and not have high teas. And so Joanne's an expert at high teas. And of course, we often have in the summertime weeks of nice weather uh, out of the whole year. Uh, we, we, we have a out, outdoor picnics and things like that. And it always amazes me when a little bit of sun comes out, the Brits are all out like it might be, it might be like 55 degrees and they're out with their shorts on and everything. I, I'm still... Uh, this is a picture of Joanne doing some hospitality at church uh, after uh, in between the services. And of course, this is Brenda. If some of you have prayed uh, for some of the people, Joanne has contacted some of the ladies in the village. We always try to give a little gift uh, to people that come in with a little book, an evangelistic book, and maybe something home-baked and uh, things like that. And sometimes people are like, well, that's really weird that you've done that, you know. But uh, again, Joanne has spent a lot of time giving the gospel uh, to Brenda, and Joanne's really good at that. Here's our house. Stan and Pat have been to our house. Uh, you see the decorations up. This would have been uh, just a while ago, the Queen's Jubilee. And uh, we love to be hospitable. And uh, again, we learned that here from many of you, and that is the absolute truth of the hospitality uh, that we saw at Lake Howe, which uh, we wanted to take to the United Kingdom. And uh, this was a, we had a block party, and uh, you know, just uh, all the people came together, a big, big barbecue out in the front garden, as they would say. And the Palmer's house is, is right there. And here's just some pictures of some of the things that we're involved with. Student groups uh, are having students over, are having people from, uh, from Truth for Youth uh, stay with us over time. And I, I don't know if you guys recognize us, see. Here's Alan. Alan and Victoria have been here a couple times at the assembly. He's my friend that's an evangelist. And uh, he is, he is a, he, the Brits would call him a nutter. He's a proper nutter. But he's a guy that can talk a blue streak. And he can get a conversation up that comes around to the gospel. And uh, Alan is very good. Victoria is actually, I, I robbed the cradle. She's a Jewish friend. She's maybe a year older than Julia. But uh, anyway, they're, they're involved there in ministry, and you can see our kids in that picture there too. But uh, just a bit of the Palmer household, a, a bit there. And uh, you can see this was, uh, I thought I'd put that one in. That was fellowship group during COVID. You could only meet outside. And I mean, times, as the Brits would say, it was proper cold, you know. And uh, I mean, we sat outside shivering, and, and Timothy 
little fire pit, which was very much appreciated. And uh, again, this is uh, just some of the, the young people that we get uh, involved with. And of course, if you come visit us, uh, everyone has to go to Papa's. Uh, Papa's is renowned in the United Kingdom for their fish and chips. It's out on the pier, and we tend to try and take people for a chippy. And uh, here's the Palmer family. This would have been not this year because Tim was in Thailand, but year before last, uh, just a little family picture. So uh, Tim down in the bottom there, Tim's in Thailand uh, at the moment. Taking a, a year, it's a bit of a long He was going over just to get a little bit of teaching experience through a corporation that does TESOL, TEFL, teaching English to foreign learners. And when they found out he had a science degree, Tim hadn't been able to find anything uh, in his field of, of work with physics uh, that was really a good fit for him and work. So when they found out, they gave him a contract and asked him to stay on and teach in an, a Thai English-speaking school. Uh, nothing to do with the mission, but Tim, uh, I, I say it this way. Now, I, I have a terrible sense of humor, as some of you know. And, uh, but I, I say it this way. Tim, I, I've tried to get him to get right with the Lord for years. Uh, I believe Tim has the to teach. And uh, it, it would always be really evident, like if he'd speak at Springfield or whatever, I've seen it in him over the years, but I can just tell you as a, as a father and a parent, it's hardest to get your children to, to, to see those things because he would say to me, Dad, you're at the Bible college and you say good things about everybody. And, and when I was like, well, Tim, I would tell you if I thought you were terrible, you know, I would tell you. But it's been very interesting because as he's gone to Thailand, and now he's actually a school teacher, and uh, as he's gone to Thailand, he's got involved in two churches. And you know what he's found out? Uh, no one that's out there that are expats really understands anything. And so he's ended up teaching in two different Bible studies uh, online on Zoom for some expats. So it's really good for him. He was just messaging me yesterday, Dad, where do I find something out about this? And there's Will. Uh, Will will be joining us in Virginia next week. Uh, Will's got the, the black Mandalorian there. Uh, shirt on. He's my Muslim terrorist. Uh, th that's that's what I tell him. I said, could you shave your beard? You go through immigration, please, uh, on your way to the States. But he, he won't. He'll probably let it grow longer. But uh, Will Will is involved in the assembly. Uh, he's, uh, he's a good help there. He's got a tender heart. And uh, he's my giver. And there's my, my little baby, my little princess, Julia. And uh, she has a lovely Christian man at the she, she goes to fellowships at what used to be Bethesda Hall. Uh, it used to be where um, Hudson Taylor, um, I'm trying to think, uh, George Mueller, they used to share there at, when it was an assembly. It's now become a little independent Baptist church, but Julia is the youth ministry there. She's a primary school teacher, and sort of our last, our last little go with her is she doesn't drive. So before she, she has some interviews coming up here, and hopefully she'll get a teaching position, but hopefully she'll pass her driving test. And uh, there's also another young man there at that little fellowship that uh, seems to have an interest on her. So I gave him the old uh, thing, you know, my shotgun shell. Here, catch this shotgun shell. If you aren't careful, it might come a lot faster. So, so uh, anyway, uh, he's a really nice guy. I've gone out with him for years on street evangelism. And uh, he's, he's a really lovely guy. But, you know, you just don't know. Uh, again, here's the, the boy either end, uh, Tim on the left, Will on the right. 
and then Julia when her graduation last year from university. So we're very thankful to the Lord for them. They all love the Lord. Uh, they all want to be used of the Lord in some mostly just in the local areas, but um, we'll see. Julie is my little uh, evangelist, and uh, you don't want to get into an argument with her. Um, you will lose, I know. And um, so I have someone that can stand up to me. But I uh, just wanted to say a little bit about fruit. So you guys, uh, over the years, 23 years at Northcoats, there's been just loads of fruit. There's been uh, missionaries that we have trained. You guys have prayed. You guys have fellowshiped with us. You have supported us. You have encouraged us. I went out as a single missionary uh, in actually 1986 to Senegal. Actually, I went in 1984. But I ended up in the Ayum tribe. We used to call them the Bainuk back in those days. A lovely young lady came out and visited the field, stalked me for eight years until I eventually married her. And um, I gave in. But uh, this is the, the work there. Has, uh, there's believers. Uh, Stephen Moira Polson, if anyone knows uh, the Ethnos, the homes of Ethnos, uh, Tony Polson uh, just passed away uh, in the last year or so, but he, my, his younger, son, younger brother was my co-worker with Moira. They've had to return uh, to England uh, because of their health and their age, but there's uh, another couple, American couple, the Creeches, that are out there now, they've learned a significant amount of the Bainuk language or the Ayum uh, language. And then the Robinsons are some of my students uh, that we've invested loads of time in over the years. He would have been a sort of a man after my own heart. He was an IT guy. And uh, so we used to talk about uh, networking and all those things that Stan used to talk to everyone about. And uh, anyway, I just, just for your prayers, okay? And again, this is fruit. The the Bainuk work still goes on. The Ayum work. Uh, the Robinsons are just starting language study. Ayum is a hard language. Uh, many languages in the world are not difficult. Ayum is very hard. 36 noun classes. It, it has uh, uh, minimal pairs. And, you know, O is yes and O is no. And uh, you have Bunino and Bunino. One's a snake, one's an egg. Duluro, Duluro. Uh, you know, those are... Completely different words, and uh, it, it does take time to get your ears attuned to it. But the Polsons are continuing on, even from the UK. Right, they live right across the road from us. Okay, Bible translation, discipleship on WhatsApp, video, and of course they both have health issues. And the big prayer, if I could leave you with a prayer request, is there's believers amongst the Ayum people, but it is. Uh, and again, I I don't think this will be. Uh, online too much, but um, uh, it is uh, the influence of the M's, and uh, they they are not very friendly towards them, and, and again, there's been persecution if the church tries to gather, if the assembly tries to gather, and so the big prayer we all have is they would have the courage to come together and to meet, because there, there are believers. Uh, other fruit, um, the Tremere's, uh, Nathan and Maria, there's actually four uh, Tremere's that have trained their fruit from Truth for Youth that have gone on. Uh, the sisters out in Vietnam with her husband and one child, one on the way. Uh, I officiated uh, at his younger brother's uh, wedding, Nathan's younger brother's wedding. I've discipled Nathan uh, over the years too. But Tim and Miriam, she's Italian, and uh, they're on their way to Indonesia. And then... Um, uh, I've forgotten now. Jason and Josie, the other 
sister there involved in a local church ministry uh, in the United Kingdom. But this has been fruit from Truth for Youth. This is ongoing fruit that we've has blessed us in the mission. And Nathan and Maria have just joined our team at North Coast full time. And uh, just a, a few ways that you can you can be praying for them. Uh, Nathan does IT support. He this is a guy that's really technical. He did the Queen's speeches. He did the Prime Minister's speeches over the years with the audience, uh, you know, setting up lighting and all that stuff. You know, he's all the famous, all the famous people, you know, helped the Queen. Could you imagine putting a microphone on the Queen? Wouldn't that have been something? I mean, but uh, they have a new little baby. Joanne's very close to Maria. And, uh, you know, we, we love these guys. But uh, they would just appreciate your prayer. They're kind of starting out trying to raise their support, trying to get prayer warriors uh, behind them. And uh, Nathan and Maria would definitely say, pray for time management with three little ones. Matter of fact, our Julia uh, sometimes uh, is a babysitter for these guys. And then finally, just fruit. And, uh, you know, the, the Flanagans uh, were young man that came along. He was my contending friend. And uh, we used to argue everything. He came from quite a bit, quite a different background than uh, we would uh, teach in the mission, quite a different theological background. And Annika, and they were in our fellowship group. We had the privilege of doing their premarital counseling, and I, I did their commissioning service in Northern Ireland when they uh, went out. Here's their kids. They've been involved in the Mingan work uh, in, uh, in uh, Papua New Guinea, in West New Britain. And uh, again, just, just pray for them. Their, their son, they've had to go back to the States. Even though... Annika is Faroese and American. Uh, Simon is trying to become American, but Northern Irish. And uh, so anyway, but their, their son, Noah, just had kind of a major surgery. He, he, he may even lose some of his hearing. Uh, their other son, Ethan, has some severe kidney issues. And then, of course, Harris, you may have even prayed some years ago, had to have emergency heart surgery. And uh, so they've had three children, but they, they refuse to quit. And uh, there have been church planting amongst the Mingan in West New Britain and Papua New Guinea. And uh, again, they would ask prayer for their pastors, their elders to stand up. Uh, the translation has been completed. And uh, again, but the issue is now with health issues in the family, when can they get back? When can they get back? Because most of their co-workers have actually left the work. And there's much to be done. There's been some issues with some of the elders and sin and uh, needs to be really addressed. And uh, this is fruit, though. These are, it's, it's just, you can't say anything more exciting than to have met these guys 20-some years ago, to have been involved in their marriage and all these things, and them go out and to, to plant a church and to have a Bible translation and to, to see a functioning New Testament church. And you know what? A lot of those pictures that you saw earlier uh, would be evidence of that. Well, uh, here's our prayer request, if you would. Uh, wisdom as we disciple students. Uh, time management, particularly for me. I, I, I wear many hats. And uh, again, I've, I've often said, I'm, I, I don't believe missionaries retire. I believe they retread and just keep going. And uh, I've, the Lord has helped me through lots of difficult things. There have been a lot of difficult decisions that happened with and uh, but in some ways, 
It's enabled us now to open back up to Americans. Uh, we can now have Americans come and train. I guess some of you would remember the Meadows, uh, Timmy Meadows and Leah came and trained with us uh, out in Northcote some years ago. And there's, there's been others from the area, from Hiawassa, that came and trained out there. Please pray for Tim uh, Jr. and Julia and their search for jobs as Tim comes back from Thailand uh, April 10th. He's actually stopping for 10 days in Norway to be with Mike Atwood's son, James, which is, his, as the Brits would say, best mate, his best friend. And uh, so Tim will be staying with James and Greta uh, Atwood uh, out there. Uh, we appreciate prayers. Our house uh, needs a bit of work done on it there. If anyone uh, uh, knows how to refurbish bathrooms, uh, please come visit. And uh, church outreach, you know, uh, our local fellowship there, our assembly, uh, we're aging not just me, but, but uh, I mean, we have 80 and 90-year-olds, and, you know, we, we would like to reach out to the community, and if you could just pray for that. And there's a number of upcoming conferences. Uh, now that we're past COVID uh, in the UK, a lot of people having conferences and starting back up. And so please, in the back, our prayer cards. And uh, I would just say, too, for those of you who are technical-minded, uh, we have a private signal group. Uh, if you use uh, smartphones, and uh, it's, a, it's just a one-way thing. We post. Uh, you can't post to it, but it, it's current prayer requests every week. Uh, it's, you know, little video clips of maybe our fellowship group eating and, and singing or whatever we're doing, just little things that keep people informed about what we're doing. If you want any information about that, please let Joanne or I know. And so uh, hopefully you feel, uh, you feel informed there. And now I'd like to change gears a little bit. And uh, I'd like to talk with you. Uh, I was trying to think about what could I do uh, now and what could I do uh, on Wednesday night. And uh, my passion is uh, very, uh, very real, is the Word of God. Uh, I love teaching. Uh, I, I did used to make a mistake. I used to say, that there is no such thing as a stupid question. Uh, I have had a student that has proven there are stupid questions, but um, that's a story in itself. But uh, we, we just enjoy it. We, we find at North Coast College that we uh, try to reach out to people. We also find, uh, as I get to go out and speak in things, Truth for Youth and uh, Bible Prophecy Conferences, that there is a real desire today. Uh, I even would say post-COVID, uh, as it were, in the United Kingdom, uh, to hear about the Word of God. And Joanne and I have actually found somewhat that we're almost too busy now with uh, people writing questions. I just, I just had a really long question the other day that someone, uh, someone sent to me. And uh, I was actually really surprised uh, that he wrote me. But it, you know, it seemed like a basic question, but people don't know how to get questions answered. Churches... Uh, in the United Kingdom, have become like social little things. They've they become a lot. They sing, and uh, that's good. I, I like to sing, and I think singing is great, you know. But that's somewhat all they do. They they don't want to hear the word. Uh, they don't necessarily want to be taught. I'd like to read just a little bit from the Word of God. It's our foundation. Uh, it's it's what teaches us uh, how to to live. And uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about Esther. Everybody loves a queen, right? Uh, Esther, chapter 1 and uh, verse 1. 
I'll just read maybe the first uh, 11 verses. Esther chapter 1, verse, verse 1 to, or maybe 1 to 12. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus, this was the Ahasuerus who reigned over 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. In those days when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the citadel, that in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all the officials and the servants, the power of Persia and Media, uh, and Media, the nobles and the princes of the provinces going before him. When he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty for many days, 180 days in all, and when three of uh, these days were completed, the king made a feast lasting seven days for all the people who were present in Sushan, the citadel, from great to small, in the court of the garden of the king's palace. There were white and blue linen curtains fastened with cords of linen and purple of silver rods and marble pillars, and the, the couches were of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of alabaster, turquoise, and white and black marble. Verse 7, And they served drinks in golden vessels, each vessel being different from the other, with royal wine in abundance, according to the generosity of the king, in accordance with the law. The drinking was not compulsory, for so the king had ordered all the officers of his household that they should do according to each man's pleasure. Queen Vashti also made a feast for the women in the royal palace, which belonged to King Ahasuerus. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Muhuman, uh, Bistha, Harbona, Bigtha, uh, Abagatha, Zethar, and Carcass, seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Ahasuerus to bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing his royal crown in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. But Queen Vashti refused to come, and the king's command brought by his eunuchs, therefore the king was furious, and his anger burned within him. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us with his word. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for this uh, just short thought from your word, Lord, of uh, knowing that you're in control, that uh, nothing catches you by surprise, Lord, uh, in the United Kingdom with Brexit, Lord, with COVID uh, throughout the whole world. Uh, Lord, that you you still sat on your throne and uh, you await that time till the Father sends you to take the bride to be with you and we're caught up in the clouds to be with the Lord forever. Lord, we await that time. We think of uh, the term Maranatha, Lord, but as we think now of Queen Vashti, uh, we think of Queen Esther, uh, we think of what was happening in those days. Lord, it gives confidence to know that we can walk and we can trust you today. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, I, I sort of, uh, I do really love uh, doing this, and I love thinking about it. I, you know, in England, it was a privilege. Uh, I think there, and most people would think that we just had the Queen's uh, Platinum Jubilee, and then, of course, she passed soon after that. We had a, a chance when Julia uh, graduated from, uh, you'd say, high school here. Uh, when she graduated, we asked her what she'd like to do, and she wanted to go to Windsor Palace. And so we took her to Windsor Palace, and, and we saw, you know, there the all the royal stuff that went on there. And I think most people would have said, uh, you know, that Queen Elizabeth was a believer, 
Um, it, it can be a little bit difficult to know at times because of certain things, but uh, now that you come along and we have a king, and I'm, I'm not going to be political, so don't, don't worry here, but what we can find from the story is, do you ever consider, when you read the scriptures, wow, that really reflects my life. Are, are, is the Bible relevant to your life today? Now, this is a story that's going way back. In the days that this was happening, in the days of Esther, the northern kingdom of Israel had already been taken away captive by the Assyrians, and they were living in captivity. The southern kingdom was in exile by Nebuchadnezzar, by Babylon. I know you guys are looking at some of this in your Daniel study. And then, of course, the Medo-Persians came along. And, of course, when you read, uh, when you read Daniel's vision uh, that Daniel had, he was in Susan, in the citadel. And, and you recognize that, you, that in Daniel chapter 10, it's talking about how uh, the heavenly messenger protected Israel when it should have been annihilated. And that's this story. That's Queen Esther you know, who was raised for such a time as this. And the Persians launched a massive attack against Greece. That's why the third empire uh, from the book of Daniel, the Grecians with Alexander the Great went along, you know, later on, actually a hundred years later, and attacked the Medo-Persians because of actually what this king here had done. Of course, you remember for the Jewish people under the law, they had no way to worship God. There, There was no temple. And the law without the temple doesn't work, right? It doesn't work. They couldn't bring their offerings and their sacrifices, and they they couldn't go and minister as it were. And so, you know, you you come and you see, how should we find direction from God in these days of difficulty? And uh, I love uh, to teach these books. I just as a pause here, and uh, I've over the years as I've studied Old Testament, I just love to see structure. The Bible is so structured. The New Testament, uh, just structure, and we talk about and we beat into the students with love, context, 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 you know, because unfortunately today of the writing of many books, there's no end, and uh, most of the books that are written today are totally useless, and I've actually had people say to me, what do you have to say? How many books have you written, Tim? I said, well, I haven't written any, but I do know one book really well, and that's the only one that matters. And uh, again, you know, it's, you find that people are impressed by how many books some people have written. Now, I love to read, too. My wife's a librarian. Actually, we do it together. But this is written, this book is written in a literary style. It's called a chaiism. And, and you see the chapters parallel. I put some color uh, there. Uh, chapter 1 parallels chapter 10. Chapter 2 and chapter 3 parallel chapter 8 and chapter 9. Uh, chapter 4 and chapter 5 parallel chapter 6 and chapter 7. And again, you see it epitomizes in chapter 6. Who hasn't ever had a sleepless night? You see, King Ahasuerus had a sleepless night. The nation of Israel was rescued by God because King Ahasuerus had a sleepless night. Next time you have a sleepless night, wake up and think, who can I pray for? Who can I go to the Lord for? Or maybe I should just get up. I, I, Joanne knows this. I, me, I, I can't lay in the bed. If I wake up, I'm awake. Uh, last night was good. We, we we actually got on Eastern Standard Time. Okay, we're no longer stuck out in the in the ocean or something uh, halfway in between because the first two nights we were here, we were we were waking up at three o'clock, two o'clock the first night because it was seven o'clock in the morning in the UK. It was time for breakfast. That's what my stomach was telling me at least. Uh, I didn't get up and eat my eggs, but uh, hey, 
Uh, but you know, you look at the structure here, and, and actually, many books of the Bible are this way. Wednesday night, I might talk about this a little bit. And I love to bring this, when you see the structure and what's important in the Bible. And, and of course, the epitome of this book of Esther, which, by the way, as we know, the name of God's never in it. But God's all through it. Right? God's all through it. God, God is working along here. And, and you see, you have these characters that are in the book, Ahasuerus and Esther and Haman and Mordecai, right? And, and then you have Vashti and, and you have the, the assassins, right? With Esther and Xerxes, the king. Haman and Mordecai. And, and, and all this stuff, right? You go along and you see these pairs of people. And you read the book and I, I try to teach the students, you know, you want to read through, look at structure. I, I tell them, you know, make sure that you, you read through something many times before you even think about jotting some notes down. Find the structure. Because amazingly, the Holy Spirit is really good at bringing structure to books like this. And you know, in a nutshell, this is the book. Uh, this is the book. And remember, we, we talked about this Chaiism. And, and, and you see, you know, Queen Vashti, imagine, displeased the king. She would not come before him. And, and in all these things, you know, you think about things happening in your life. You just have this young lady, this lovely young lady, this lo lovely Jewish young lady. And in chapter 2, there was a 12-month search put on. And when you read Esther chapter 2, you see that all these others were going, oh, I want more makeup, or I, I, I need a massage, or I, I need the fans, or I need this. Esther never asked for anything. She was just a contented young lady. And uh, you see in the background, there's wicked people. Uh, are there wicked people around today? Uh, in, uh, you know, we, we get the American TV in the U.S. We get CNN, the Communist Network News. And, um, you know, it's uh, very interesting to, to see the liberal mentality. I'm a governor uh, at uh, local primary school. So, like, I have a responsibility for the education of primary school children uh, as a governor. There's a group of us that do this. And I, I started doing this many years ago when mine were little rugrats so that I could be involved in the community, right? And it's very difficult now. I have a daughter who's become a primary school teacher, elementary school teacher, uh, and, and essentially a pagan society. How do you do that? Well, Esther, uh, Esther was there. And, and you see Mordecai, uh, you know, this guy, this Jewish guy, uncle to Esther, you know, and you get his story, right? And of course, Haman, he wants to not just kill Mordecai, he wants to kill all the Jews. Right? Now, do you ever feel like it? Do you ever have the expression, everybody's against me? Everybody's against me. Is that your outlook on life? You see, I get to talk to a lot of people. You know, when you're a conference speaker, you know, you, you, you can see people coming and you want to run the other way, okay? Because you can see the looks on their faces. Or, or when people say, you know, Tim, that was very encouraging. You just don't know my story. Let me tell you my story. And I can go, well, I almost lost my leg, okay? And, uh, you know, I could tell you my story. And uh, again, but God is always good. And, and God put Esther in a place. And you have in chapters 4 that famous verse, we all know it, that when, when uh, Mordecai said to his niece, you know, God can raise up someone else. But Esther, you could be here for such a time as this. Do you feel that about your life at Lake Howell? Do you feel that about 
your life and your community? Do you ever sit and think about your community and the lost that are there? And rather than maybe complain, think about how can I be engaged in sharing the gospel? And again, how can God, God use the young lady. And this young lady was just, she just was used of the Lord in such a simple way. Now, yes, she was beautiful and had blessed her that way. But you know, when you come to the Chaiism to chapter 6, you get the story that Ahasuerus is laying there. And God was behind all this. He couldn't sleep. And of course, he begins to read the books. We know the story of Esther. And then it comes to his attention that someone had saved him. Right? And again, and who was that someone? Well, it was other than Mordecai. And of course, Haman is about ready to put him in the gallows. Haman is having gallows built in front of Mordecai's house to put him to death. Listen, we know that in the end, right? God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Every sin will receive the just recompense of reward. You see, no one is ever getting away with anything, right? We as believers will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we'll be rewarded for the things done in our body. You know, Esther reveals in chapter 7 Haman's plot. Esther and Mordecai in chapter 8 are honored. And while a decree had gone out, and remember the decrees of the Medes and the Persians can't be rescinded, can't be taken back. You know, that's biblical. And yet God allowed many of the Persians to help save the Jews. You see, because the Jews are God's covenant people. God's not done with them. The descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then Purim is instituted in chapter 9. And, and, and Mordecai is promoted. You see, God is in charge. You know, Joanne and I can say that over our lives. I, I can say, I can still remember, I remember sitting down with the elders here before we took off to go uh, 24 years ago uh, to England, and I can remember the things they said to me. They probably don't. Some of them were hard things. They talked about this young man that had a lot of pride in his life. And he still does. But my wife fixes it, so don't worry, okay? But, but God is good. right? God wants to use every one of us. God wants to speak into our lives. And God has a place for every one of us. And no one gets away. They can plan. They can plot. They can do whatever it is that they want to. But as God remembers His covenant with Israel, God remembers us too. We're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Esther happened to be in the perfect place. It might not have seemed like it. There was a bunch of wicked young ladies all trying to win out over. She was just herself. She was just herself. You know, Ezekiel tells us this, that God is looking for men. But he found none. I hope that isn't the case. We see Paul, often love to talk about Paul's Macedonian call. I teach missions, right? And so I I bring out, look at all this. Paul was on his second missionary journey. Paul was with a group of other people. They were all seeking what God's will is. And Dr. Luke says it this way. And then we determined that we should go to Macedonia. You see, as they were working together in fellowship, there's got to be fellowship. There's got to be unity. You know, and then the Lord did a great work in Europe. The gospel wouldn't have gone to Europe without that. 1 Timothy 2.4, uh, God desires all men to be saved 
and come to the knowledge of the truth. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Uh, what's my response? I'm to present my body. A living sacrifice. Listen, it's not dependent on age. I don't know who's the oldest here, but I just said to someone at the homes, remember, Moses got his second wind at 80. And then he went from 80 to 120. Right? So, uh, again, I just speaking to my brother about this on the phone the other day too. You know, uh, you think of Genesis and the servant, right? Searching for a wife. You know, I being in the way, the Lord used me. I'd like to encourage us all to be Esthers, to get in the way, to allow the Lord to, to use us. Remember, He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Seek the Lord. Right? Uh, remember Paul? I always say Paul's prayer uh, in Ephesians 6 when he talked about the armor. And, and he didn't pray about sharing the gospel, but that he'd have boldness to share the gospel. It wasn't, he wasn't saying, should I share the gospel, Lord? But, Lord, give me boldness in sharing the gospel. We live in a fallen world. Well, uh, thank you for uh, praying for us. Thank you for to us. Thank you for being a part of our lives. I say this as 100% genuineness from Joanne and myself. We would love to have some people come and visit. We'll show you as much of England as we can. Uh, we can at least show you the dikes where the fish are. But uh, come along and uh, see North Coast College. Visit us. We have, we have room for you. And uh, we'd love to show us the ministry that the Lord's doing in Ethnos with NTM UK and at North Coast College. And thank you for your prayers. And I'll just turn it over. I think Tim's going to have a hymn for us.